0: Thank you for joining in. Welcome back to Revelation Bible Study from last day's ministry here at WGM Church. Before we continue today's study, let us begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Therefore will I deliver him; I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hope you've all been peaceful in the past week. Um, it's time to continue studying the book of Revelation. This is number twenty-one. Apostle John said. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Someone wrote an article in a newspaper a while back. Uh, He seemed to be a Christian professor of sociology at a certain university. The article was titled, Are You a Christian or a Prosperity Christian? I was grateful understanding what the article was about just by the title itself and why he wrote that. The point of the article was the churches should hope on the Lord who shed his blood and died on the cross for us and that he rose again on the third day through which we will be saved and that he will once again come back. Now far from this, it is wrong to see people fighting each other over certain material wealth in everyday society. In the end, the article sounded like a prophetic uh, word to me. If Christianity truly becomes a religion of blessing, it is no different from Buddhism or other religions. Titus two thirteen says, "Looking for that blessed hope, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ." As the apostle Paul wrote to Titus, this must be our only blessed hope. The Book of Revelation is the conclusion of the Bible. The Lord taught his disciples how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. As written in Matthew chapter six. Regarding this, the apostle Paul said in Ephesians one ten, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Therefore the age of grace, God's children are saved through faith, through grace, are born again of the Holy Spirit, and become the bride of coming Jesus Christ, and become members of the Lord's body. The Lord said, I have come to spread the word. We must do the will, do the will of the Lord unto all nations. He entrusted the church with the gospel that saves sinners, who can live eternally whosoever believes in him. Therefore, if there is no hope for the Lord's return, Christianity can no longer be called Christianity. If you only pursue material wealth, you are inferior to other worldly religions. Rather, Buddhism teaches others to throw away all worldly things along with personal greed. Revelation chapter 19 shows us a word of conclusion. Therefore the Lord spoke to the Apostle John, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. Currently we are studying about the seven characters found in the book of Revelation. First we learned that the woman is Israel. Second, the red dragon. We learned about this last time it is the devil the red dragon is the devil satan and he also goes by the name of lucifer he rebelled against god and was cast out of heaven so we revealed the identity of the red dragon through the book of job and also book of psalms and isaiah even in the world there is saying keep your friends close your enemies closer if we do not know the identity of the devil, the Satan, we cannot win this spiritual warfare. That is why we looked at the words of Job 41 last time. Satan appears as a seven-headed red dragon ruling over the world as king over the children of pride. He has seven heads. The, kingdom, the kingdoms of this world are his and he has given them to whosoever he pleases. He appears as an angel of light. The Bible tells us he was the anointed covering cherub, he too is Christ. Now Christ means the anointed one, however, Satan is the antichrist, and Jesus is the Christ. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, but Jesus is the true light. Ezekiel 28.14 says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. That is why Satan also has his own church. Christ Jesus also has his own church. And since the devil is the god of this world, he wants to be worshipped as God and is called a ruler. Jesus said in John uh, 14.30, that the prince of this world would come after he left. 2 Corinthians 11.14 says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. This is by no means strange. Satan also quotes the Bible. In the Gospel of Luke, when he tempted Jesus out in the wilderness, Satan quoted the Bible by saying, And in their hands... They shall bear thee up, lest lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Reminds you of Psalm 91 from the beginning, doesn't it? But he misquotes the word and brings many into confusion. As mentioned earlier, Satan is also Christ, the anointed one. But as the Antichrist, he too has his body, his church on this earth. Copying Jesus Christ and his church. Also, the stage where Satan works is a very religious and a holy place. Now, normally people think Satan will be a, uh, will be present in a bar or casinos. Some sort of sinful establishments. But in reality, Satan doesn't have to go there. People who go there are who already have been taken over by Satan. So they drink and gamble to their heart's content. In fact... Satan works through religious groups. Lots of works to be done there. In particular, Christians are persecuted through religious organizations such as the Vatican Council or the National Council of Christian Churches. Back in the day, Satan persecuted Jesus and his disciples through the religious Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes. And just like that, history repeats itself. Through religious organizations, which does not have the Holy Spirit. Through religious organizations, disguised as an angel of light. True Christians are condemned as heretics and they are doing exactly what the Sadducees and Pharisees did in the past. That's why King Solomon said there is no new thing under the sun. The scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, who existed in the past, still exist today. We can discern this only when our spiritual eyes are opened. We must be able to discern the spirit. So, those who read the word of God know what this area of Satan's activity is like. You won't know anything unless you read the Bible. People were not allowed to read the Bible in the Middle Ages. These days, even if you are told to read the Bible to the heart's content, people hate to read it through the work of the devil. It's the same either way. Satan does everything to prevent people from reading the word of God. The word of God is light. In him is God, in him, in whom, the word became flesh. Therefore, when you read the word of God, you will meet Christ. You can see that Satan darkens and confuses people's hearts and make them busy so that they cannot read or hear the word of God. That is why you can't see the churches teaching the Bible these days. You see people dozing off during worship. But those who have been born again by the Holy Spirit will wander in search of the Word like a deer thirsting after stream water. According to Amos chapter 8, behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint, of, faint for thirst. Today is that such era. Those who are listening to the book of Revelation right now, after the rapture, you will no longer be able to hear this word. If you are not born again, you cannot be raptured. And if you are not raptured, you will no longer be able to hear the word on earth. This is your final chance. Today is the day to receive salvation, the time to receive grace, and the time to hold on to the hope in God. Let us continue with the words from Revelation chapter 12, verse 3. Blessings to those who read and hear these words. Revelation 12, verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. Now this is water above the solar system, when we learned about it during Revelation chapter 4 Bible study. And we learn that the water goes up to the throne of God and, to the, and that the north is frozen. It's a sea of glass, a frozen sea. The top is solid because it's frozen. And so in book of Job, we can see that Satan is a sea monster by seeing him go above and below the water. In Job chapter 41, verse 31 and 32, he maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment, he maketh a path to shine after him, one would think the deep to be hoary. Satan goes above and below the waters of the heavens, and rules the earth with a kingdom system designed with seven heads, seven crowns or kings. So the red dragon has ten horns, but it has seven crowns, one on each head. Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil controls these four areas. And what are principalities? It's politics. People who gain power through political organizations such as the IRS, CIA, an fbi in the united states this is how government oppresses people and then what are the rulers of darkness of this world darkness comes upon people through the use of drugs gambling and commit adultery and what is spiritual wickedness in high places we see evil spirits enter into young children making them disobedient to their parents disobedient to the word them to be desolate in their hearts some to join gangs and become evil we must know that Satan works like this in the last days however since Satan will be cast out to the earth during the last time of the tribulation then this world will truly become like hell therefore today is the day to be saved and to receive grace when anyone accepts the Lord Jesus Christ all sins are forgiven and when the Holy Spirit enters the dead spirit is revived and the soul lives together with the spirit with the hope of kingdom of heaven as a result they become bodies used for the works of God also the dragon appears in Isaiah 27 in that day the Lord with his sword and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan the piercing serpent even Leviathan that crooked serpent. he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea the devil in the book of revelation is called that old serpent the red dragon satan the devil and he is the tempter of the world god will slay that dragon we can see in isaiah 27 verse 1 the leviathan is called a dragon that is why the dragon paintings that we see around the world are not correct it's covering up the real identity of the dragon. Therefore, if you do not have God's word in you, you will be deceived by it. Another truth we know that is in the Bible itself, in the form of seven heads and seven kings, covers all nations from the beginning of history to the end. This head created the human kingdoms in the 6,000 years of human history after humans sinned and left God. So the seven kings are representative representative kings and heads during the 6,000 years of human history. A crown is worn by a king. So these seven heads, or the kings of the nations, are all indicated throughout the word of God. In Genesis 10 verse 9, we see who the first head is. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Genesis 10 verse 9. Nimrod is the son of Cush. Cush is an Ethiopian. Continuing in the next verse, Genesis 10.10. In the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Accad, and Calne, in the land of Shinar. The first head is Nimrod, the king of Babylon, who built the Tower of Babel. This is Satan's first head. Also, he is the first type of Antichrist, who will appear in the future tribulation. He was a mixed race. He was black, Hamitic. We must remember this. Now the second head appears in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. When Moses and Aaron went and asked for the release of the Israelites, Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Who's God? Am I doing that? No way. Why should I? So he was Satan incarnate, and we can know that Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is the second Head of Satan who rule the world, so in ezekiel twenty nine verse three we get a confirmation about who the second head is. Speak and say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of the uh, midst of his rivers, which hath said, "My river is mine own, and I made I have made it for myself." Here we see God calling Pharaoh dragon. He was the second head of the seven heads. So in this way, the Bible itself tells us the uh, second head of the dragon. So then who is the third head? It is the Assyrian king Sennacherib. Assyria persecuted Israel and took all northern Israel into captivity so that northern portion became Samaria. It was completely devastated. In particular, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, King Sennacherib of Assyria came to attack all the fortified cities of Judah. second Kings chapter 18 verse 13 says, "Now in the 14th year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them." So the Israelites almost died of starvation in the city, but right before that an angel appeared and annihilated the Assyrian army of 185,000 overnight. When the Lord returns in the future, 200 million armies of the nations of the world that oppose the Lord will be killed in a single day at the battle of Armageddon. This type of battle at Armageddon is shown here in 2 Kings. That's why you can see King Sennacherib of Assyria, a type of Antichrist, coming to invade Jerusalem to annihilate the Jews, just like the Antichrist does during the tribulation. All the nations of the world will attack the Jews during the tribulation. It is also mentioned in Zechariah chapter 14. However, we can see the scenes of the Lord coming down and stopping them all and judging them in Zechariah, and Revelation. It comes up a lot here and there in the prophetic books. Moving on then, who is the fourth head? It appears in Daniel chapter 3. It is Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Both Sennacherib and Nebuchadnezzar are called dragons. Jeremiah 51.34 says, Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon hath devoured me, he hath crushed me, he hath made me an empty vessel, he hath swallowed me up like a dragon, he hath filled his belly with my delicates, he hath cast me out. Then in Jeremiah 50 verse 17, Israel is a scattered sheep, the lions have driven him away. First the king of Assyria hath devoured him, and last this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, hath broken his bones. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and Sennacherib, king of Assyria, were both called dragons. The other three heads are also prophesied 50 to 400 years before their appearance in Daniel chapter 2. In the vision of the great image, Daniel makes no mistake in prophesying the four coming kingdoms in the description of the great image, the great statue. The kingdoms following Babylon are Medes and Persia as written in Daniel 5.28. The king of Babylon saw, uh, saw a great statue in his dream. The first head of gold is Babylon, then his chest and arms in silver, Medes and Persia. And in fact, King Darius was friendly to the Jews. He took good care of the Jews especially and he loved Daniel. Darius was a friend of Israel and he typifies the friendly future Antichrist who is friendly for the first three and a half years during the seven year tribulation and then completely does Uh, A 180 turn and changes in the final three and a half years of the tribulation. The fifth head is king of Persia. The sixth, Alexander the Great of Greece um, in brass. Hundreds of years before Greece came to power under Alexander the Great, Daniel forewarned in Daniel 10.20 in chapter 11.2, And then also in chapter 8, verse 20 and 21, that the next kingdom would be Greece. He prophesied the appearance of the kingdom called Hellas. Since the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prophecy, we know that the word of God spoken through Daniel is the truth. And finally, the seventh head is Rome, who defeated Alexander the Great and ultimately ruled the world at the time. And that prepared for the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the final head, the seventh head, is Caesar Augustus of Rome. And right before the birth of Jesus Christ, in Luke 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, just as Rome did at uh, the Lord's first coming they will take power again at Christ's second coming this will be the Roman Catholic Church Babylon the Great stated in Revelation chapter 17 and chapter 18 we will continue to learn about them next time therefore even then the whole world will be under the king of Rome and suborn it to the Holy Father the spiritual ruler, just as it was at the Lord's first coming. You will find the Holy Father over at the Vatican. There is only one Holy Father, Father God. The Lord did say in Matthew 23, verse 9, And call no man your Father upon the earth, for one is your Father which is in heaven. Currently, the highest person in Roman Catholic Church calls himself the Holy Father. That's the Pope, and the people under his ranks, uh, under his rank, are called fathers and priests. This is nonsense. Just as Caesar Augustus made tax registration all over the world, we can see from here that the Antichrist will rule the whole world when he makes his appearance in the future. This will be called the Holy Roman Empire today it is called a Holy Roman Catholic Church in Catholicism cat means mother the word Catholic means the Holy Mother Church it is the church that venerates uh, Virgin Mary this church is revealed in Revelation chapter 17 verse 5 and upon her forehead was a name written mystery Babylon the Great the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth we can see in revelation that the church of the saint mary continues to thrive under the reign of the antichrist you must never forget this fact therefore when we read the bible thoroughly we can discern the spirit and only through the bible can understand the truth therefore as the lord said in revelation 1 3 Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the word of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So, being a Christian is to live in this world for just a short period of time, because this world has sinned since the time of Adam. It has become the slave of sin, the slave of Satan, who brought in sin, and all the people are living mindlessly just to fill their stomachs and their carnal desires. However, Jesus Christ came. He became the last Adam and overcame all Adam's sins. As Satan tested the Lord three times, the Lord overcame the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Therefore, when you believe in Jesus Christ, all your sins caused by Adam will be forgiven You will be born again by the holy spirit and your conscience will be washed with the blood of christ so these born-again christians will be lifted up into the air when the lord makes his aerial descent this is the blessed hope after all we are living out our lives for a short time in this world and soon it will end when the lord comes That is why we must receive Jesus Christ and be born again before the Antichrist appears in this world before the tribulation begins. Christ must be in me, and I must be in Christ. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves, knowing not to your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Do you have the Spirit of Christ in you? Then you are born again. Those who are born again see the kingdom of God. Seeing means knowing. And we know that the Lord is coming. No matter how harsh this world is, because of the faith that hopes for the coming of the Lord, for faith is the substance of things hoped for. By watching the coming of the Lord, those who believe can overcome the world now and live on this earth without being deceived by the devil or being stained by the world. I hope you all have this kind of faith. And if there is anyone who has not yet been saved, may you receive Jesus Christ into your heart by calling Jesus Christ today. Be saved, meet the Lord in the air when he comes, and live in the hope of eternal life in heaven where there are no tears, no sorrow, and no pain, I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.